kind of pissed I'm not 100. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Neon Talk, a podcast about innovation, motivation, and inspiration. Today is episode number 96, and our guest is very special. He is part of our Neon Black team. He is a sponsored videographer. Uh, Nico, I'm going to... Villa Crisis, maybe? Crescent, close enough, doesn't matter. You know, I knew I was going to botch it, but I, like, prepared myself. I even went online and, like, Googled the pronunciation. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) at least you tried. At least you went above and beyond. Look, when it comes to like n- like last names, I'm hor- like names in general. I feel like are just such picky. They're they're so because everyone might like there's all the letters, but everyone might pronounce one letter completely different than the other letter, and you just never know nowadays. You never know. You never know. Well, thanks for joining me. I'm really glad to have you on. I know we uh, as we were just talking a little bit before this, we. Uh, we were what back in like episodes the twenties or something. We were first supposed to have you on, and we had some technical difficulties. But here we are in episode ninety six, far far along the, the roads of Neon Talk, in a much better environment for everybody. <laughs> How are you doing? How's your quarantine been? Your last like half of your year in your twenty twenty. I mean. I've spent, as weird as it sounds, so much more time with my family. And it's honestly a blessing and a curse because a lot of my video stuff has dropped off for the time being. Now it's been picking back up. But gosh, I've never had dinner with my family as much as I have had now. And it's honestly, I love it. I loved it. You know, when it first happened, it was obviously scary. I was one of those people to wear a glove and a mask and then yeah. sanitize all my stuff from the store and really like take everything in consideration. Like, oh shit, this is like Ebola. We're all going to fucking die. Now I'm kind of like back out there, still wear a mask, still treat everything, everyone right, respect everybody. Yeah. But it's been good. Nothing bad. Family's healthy. I'm healthy. Friends are healthy. How good. about you? How has yours been? Not too bad, not too bad. Kind of the same thing, you know, in the same kind of field. Things slowed down there for a little bit in the beginning, but uh, shoots are definitely starting to pick back up. I'm actually going to be going out to uh, to visit Vince here in California on Monday. So I'll be, uh, thanks, thanks. So I'll be out there. We'll do some photo shoots and stuff because we haven't been able to release any new clothes. As you know, we haven't put out any promo videos. So we're going to try to at least get some content to, to hold people over for a little bit longer through 2020 until we can release some of this fun information we have for 2021. But uh, I definitely want to talk about neon black, but first I want to focus on the videography aspect of everything. Cause that's what I'm, that's what I'm really interested about is, is about you and how you got into videography and this whole development of where you are now with, um, with video in general. So uh, when did it all kind of like start the, I guess, between picking up the camera and then also the inspiration to, to pick it up in general? Um, it's kind of a long story, but I'm going to dumb it down a little bit, but I never really noticed. So when I was going to community college right out of high school, I wanted to be a landscape architect. I used to love growing flowers, designing things, you know, just being a creative in general. Sorry, And that was something very dear to me, just being really creative. I love to draw. And then with one of my good friends, Brian, who was supposed to be on here last time, the photographer, my assistant videographer, co-director, whatever you want to call him. He was like, hey, for our arts classes, do an acting class. And I was like, sure, like sign us up. I'll give you my login info, just whatever sounds good. So he finds this class, 
I'm like, cool, we get to be actors. Like, this is going to be fun. We're going to enjoy each other. We always build off each other. Well, this wasn't an acting class. This was the last class you take at this community college as a film major. The lady who runs it writes your letter of recommendation, does everything, gets you connections, and pretty much packages everything you should have done in the past two to three years into a nice portfolio, and she gets you a job. Okay. Well, that wasn't anything that we were, I was like, Brian, I, I thought we were supposed to act. So then with all this stuff in the class, me and him had to act for everybody. So we were just put in front of the camera, in front of the camera, in front of the camera. And we were like, God, like these guys kind of suck. Like their <laughs> ideas. And then we remembered, I used to take my dad's video camera all the time. And we used to just film stupid stuff. I used to ask for a camera every year. For Christmas, never got one, got an iPad. I'm, not, I'm very fortunate for everything that I got, but mm. I always wanted a camera. And then after that class ended, I remember I came home, I told my dad, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to just go for it. Like, it's been like this forever and I really am into it. And, you know, like, just let me feel it out because they're very academic. They want me to go to school for something like, hey, like, you know, you're going to get a job, you're going to make money and you're going to live your life. That's it. Yeah. No, that's not, it's not kind of <laughs> my, no, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to do my thing. You only get one life. You got to live your dream. Oh, no one gets to live their dream. And then one day I came home and he bought me my first actual DSLR video camera. And then I got met, I met Vince at my job at a restaurant and he gave me my first shot at it. I had never made a video ever before that very, very first neon black promo video. That was the very first one I ever made. And the thing was, he pumped me up so like I was, t I was so hesitant, but he was like, dude, I believe in you. And looking back now, it's obviously a dated thing. It doesn't matter. It's dated in my head. Yeah. It was so amazing when I first made it. It was perfect. Everything came into play. Vince loved it. The people loved it. And that was pretty much like my first jump into it. Like, you know, you can spend a lot of time thinking about what you have to do. But that was the first time I just took the leap. I was like, you know what? I took no classes on how to film. No nothing. I was just like, I know what looks good. I know my camera that I have. And I think I can make something great. And at the time and the skill level, I thought it was, it, it was amazing. That's awesome. That's a really That's cool story. To it, you know, it's, it's the quick dumbed down version, but it was just without Vince, you know, prepping me up. He's such an awesome guy. I know it's neon black stuff, but still, he was the first guy to really push me, you know, amp me up enough, be confident in myself, get out there in front of people film things, put it out there, say, Hey, you got to post this for your, you got to be, you got to not be scared, man. Yeah. Turn my Wi-Fi off here so I can make sure I don't get any more lag here. Just want to make sure my computer isn't trying to bounce off my phone. Um, I think that's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's, it's really cool knowing that that first video was through neon black, um, cause I was going to ask you about that. Uh, cause I've seen all the videos that you've least had on your Instagram. I don't know if that's all everything that you have right now or how you use Instagram as like a portfolio aspect, but I mean, that's really cool. Was it the one where, um, they're like dapping up and jumping off the building or are you talking about the close in shot of the hat and the window? No, no I, I you probably have, maybe you haven't seen this one. This is old. Okay. Then, this yeah, was maybe the skateboarding. Remember the skateboarding one? Did you ever see that one? I don't think I've seen that one. 
Yeah, I think because like like I said, for when it was the first time, I think first neon black video promo ever. Yeah. In a sense, it was good at the time for what it was and the skill level and the type of camera we use and just just going out there with a bunch of guys and a bunch of shirts and hats and just being like, what looks cool? What can we do? It was good, but no, the hat one, that one was, you know, a fun one to shoot. Then the one in, uh, yeah, Santa Monica, yeah. I think that's what Venice Beach, the dapping up one, that one was a recent one. And then we've had some ideas too, but with the local models we like to use and everything and mm -hmm. structuring it schedules it's always a little hard getting it done but when we get it done it comes out great but then right as we were thinking of creating stuff corona hit and you know the uh, brian's diabetic he's like high risk so he was a little skeptical of going out and doing stuff mm -hmm. some other people would be lazy but you know we have some stuff that we've been writing and we have some promos that we have ready to shoot out idea wise so yeah. we're just waiting for everything to come together and we're gonna make this train roll for sure heck yeah so uh, jumping back a little bit into kind of the tools and how you build up to that first of all what camera do you shoot with what was that first camera that you got and then what do you use now is it the same thing so the first camera i ever got was a nikon d5500 it was a primarily a photo camera but it did not do bad with video it was like, at the time it was a little pricey, but right now it's only like $300 for the body and then like whatever kit lenses are, but money doesn't matter. It's about angles, lighting, and just your ideas. That's where my skill set stems off of. And to actually backtrack a little bit, working at that restaurant when I was a bartender there, I met a guy who got me my first internship. So I was an editor at this commercial documentary uh, film studio up in LA for like a year and some change. So I was doing a lot of the BTS editing. I was getting to see like professional commercials for Google, Facebook, New Belgian Brewing, Lyft, Uber. They did a bunch of very big stuff. So I was not involved in the shooting, but I got to see how they talked about it and how they edited it. And then I got all the spare footage to create like little videos for their like media, like their website. So that was actually a thing that helped me kind of understand how you should think of videos, structure them, get your team together. And yeah. But so he inspired me because he told me you don't spend a lot on the camera. You spend a lot on the lenses. And so my camera now is a GH4. And it's a little dated, but it's still up there. But primarily when I do big shoots, I rent like a Sony or a Panasonic S1H. So I'm sorry, I'm rambling. This isn't no, fun right don't, now. No, don't, please. I'm, 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 all, I'm right there with you. I'm keeping in tune. Yeah, I don't own any very expensive cameras. I'll rent them. I don't have the money to just drop, you know, 10, 15 Gs on a new rig right now. Because that's a lot of money in my eyes right now, you know. I make regular money i don't make fucking great money yet so renting is key for me but i use whatever i can get my hands on whatever the budget lets me do but my own personal camera that i love to use if it's a small budget is my gh4 i know that thing like the back of my hand that things might goes everywhere with me i think that's really awesome though that's why i i mean like i didn't stop you i didn't want to stop you i think that that's information that i think if anybody who is watching it that's interested in videography you know it's it's good for them to know i feel like it gives 
people a baseline of knowing and seeing like what people have come from and created with to where they are now, especially like, I think renting is a huge thing. I think that's super important. Something that a lot of um, newer people who are getting into the field don't really realize is that, you know, you don't have to go spend a buttload of money on lenses right away or bodies even like you know you can just go and rent something test it out see if it's something that you want and then go from there instead of you know it's it's definitely one thing to do your research online but having that, having the tool in your hand and knowing really how the lens like captures through with the lighting and the mirrors and how the actual camera itself captures everything especially when it comes to video versus like photography and stills in general. I mean, each camera can really surprise you. And it also depends on the style that you have. There's so many cool things that are integrated into the process of trying to just figure out lenses and cameras. But I could talk about that all day. Um, <laughs> and then just to put in one more point, one of the uh, coolest parts that for myself was when I showed my internship boss this little clip that we were doing for this uh, petting zoo. Mm. It was a night, uh, we rented like a stabilizer and everything, but we still used my Nikon at the time. This yeah. little crappy, crappy camera. It's all about what you can think up here. It was such a good shot. He was like, oh my God, would you shoot this on? And I was like, oh, like this $300 DSLR. He was like, no way. And I was like, yeah, way. Like, mm. so I felt good. Like he thought it was on some major kind of rig. No, man, this was a, crappy camera it was a nicer lens but it was still a crappy body but it still worked perfect for what we were shooting for that's such an important point like it's it really is it does not matter how much money you spend on a body itself it really is about those lenses and it's about the the idea and the context behind what you are shooting too that's also what matters if people can receive the information you're trying to give them, I mean, then your job's well done. And then you just got to make sure it's just not like super scratched unless that's the effect you're going for. I mean, it's all artistic and perspective at the end of the day. That's what I think it's beautiful. But I think that was a beautiful point to, um, to really back off of is that it, it, it doesn't matter what you own. It's what you can access and what you're willing to, to try out for sure. When it comes to, <clears throat> creating those storyboards and getting people together and getting and like brainstorming with each other for these ideas for these promo videos. What's your physical favorite part about doing the storyboards of it all? Hello? I got you still. Did you, what did you, where did you, where we cut out? So, okay. so, so you said, so the last thing, I, so the last thing I heard was what is your favorite part about making the storyboard? And that's where it cut out. Yeah. That's basically where that's I ended it. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, my fav one of my favorite parts is Vince trusting me enough, and uh, and he just says, he puts his hand on my chest, and he goes, "I trust you." He's like, just because I try to run ideas through him. He's like, "You don't need to run ideas through me." He's like, "Just do it." But my philosophy is, I get Brian, my co-director. You got to find someone that knows what you think, which is really hard to find someone who, when I say something to him. He knows exactly what I'm thinking, which is very rare to find. You got to be, you know, but he'll also, if I say a stupid idea, he'll check me on it. He won't just say, oh, that's a good idea. That's a good. And he'll throw it and we'll just go back and forth. We don't take it personally. 
we're able to get in that business and creative mindset where it's like, hey, I don't agree with this. Why? Why? We'll put it all in there and then we'll see at the end. Yeah. But my favorite part is just sitting down with Brian. And sometimes I don't know what this podcast, but we get a little high, take a couple, you know, beers and we just sit down and we just think we yeah. just come up with ideas and possibilities. We write them down and then we, it, the, that's the worst part is when you take all the cool ideas and you're like, well, this is going to cost too much. This is going to be too big, but then you find little ways to get around it. Yeah. And then my favorite part is when we just say, you know, like, okay, we got it. Let's make it happen. And then like when we have the idea, I don't know, actually the pre-planning is always kind of like, is it going to come through? My favorite part is just once we're finished shooting and edit it and it's right there, like you imagined, you know, cause just yeah. planning it, stuff can go wrong. Yeah. But once it's shot and edited and you know, too, like you said, you do photos. I don't know how much video you do. But when you see like that edited photo or that photo finally and just how it came out <clears throat> perfectly and it just looks good and the coloring's there and the motion and you're just like, <laughs> oh, like that. Oh, I'm getting that feeling right now. Am I back in spot? <laughs> like, no, it's good. It's that feeling. And I haven't had that in a minute. Like it's been a little minute since I've actually, because I do all my own editing. Mm -hmm. So. It's like, I love just shooting it, editing it. And then when Vince puts it up there, whoever, and people love it, uh, it's, uh, not even people love it, just as long as I love it, everyone who's involved in it loves it. That's all I can ever ask for is everyone's happy with how it came out. And everyone's excited and they enjoyed it. And it's just, it's fun. I, I can't say it's hard work, but it's fun. Yeah. You know? It's oh. scary, but it's fun. That's how it should be, though. You know, I, I feel like it's it's getting out of your comfort zone and taking those risks that give you the biggest rewards. And um, I think that's that's really important for, for people to realize is that that uncomfortable feeling that means you're headed in the right direction. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> hey, now if I can ask you, how did you get into photos? People keep telling me they want to interview me on this podcast. And I'm like, no, it's not about me. It's about y'all. Um, I got into photos originally. Um, I'm, I'm a nature person, true and through. Um, my parents actually got a camera for themselves to take for camping, nature, whatever. I decided to take it upon myself to start taking it out into nature whenever I'd go for my little adventures. And uh, just kind of started capturing nature and... I've had a few influences in my life that were that did photography profe professionally. Um, so that was kind of the only like real strive. I'm like, you know, like I can actually make this a livable income and still like it. Like once I kind of grew out of the hobby phase of it all and really wanted to like focus it on a career. I'm like, I can do this. I've had the other personal inspirations. And then also, um, you know, once I moved down to Raleigh, everything just kind of the networking, the opportunities that kind of laid themselves out in front of me kind of really pushed me full force to continue as a career focus instead of just being that that hobby, as you know. So it's kind of nice. my, that's my long story short, because I could, there's a lot of obviously everybody's story is uh, 
And that's to talk again one day in the future. Exactly, exactly. Um, so aside from the neon black videos, because I did see on your Instagram as well, you have a few with, um, I mean, mainly over at the, I don't know if they just do uh, karate or jujitsu or kickboxing or what classes they offer there, but you've got those more action focused mm-hmm. Um, videos that you do as well. Tell me a little bit about that. Is that like a community-based thing that you do, or? So I'll just start from the beginning. Um, I used to wrestle in high school. I wrestled. Can you hear me well? Sorry, I hear a little bit of the room at the bottom. Okay, yeah, perfect. Um, So I used to wrestle in high school for two years. I thought it was, you know, gay. I was like, oh, to my good friends who did it, I was like, oh, you guys are pussies, like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, I went to one practice, and I just got turned on my head. Like, these guys just fucked me up. I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys who wear tights are the toughest men I've ever met. So I joined, and I loved it. But you can't really wrestle outside of high school unless you go to college. Mm -hmm. So I uh, wanted to go into jujitsu, which is like a submission grappling art form. Yeah. It. I don't know how familiar everyone was with it, but just look it up on YouTube, jujitsu, whoever. There's plenty of things. But I found out I used to do karate. Not a big fan of karate. If you're going to do a uh, martial art, do jujitsu or kickboxing. Those are my two. Do those. But. I found out my old sensei transitioned from karate into Muay Thai and jujitsu and ended up with a new gym like five miles down the road. Mm-hmm. So this is in the starting of building my business as a videographer. I was like, hey, we should go over there and ask him, you know, like, hey, just give us, uh, you know, maybe some training in the beginning and we'll give you some videos. And then after that, if you like it, then we can maybe work out a deal and see what goes on. And that's pretty much what I do. I love going to jujitsu all the time. And from that, I filmed for another gym mm-hmm. up in Irvine or up in kind of like Lake Forest called Subfighter MMA. And then I filmed for a new jujitsu gym down here also called Groundwork Jujitsu. And they're all top-notch mm-hmm. schools. And it's weird how it's like how you said I got into that community of – I just wanted to be business-wise. never thought really of filming action. Yeah. But the community in there – you know, it's all hearsay. You know, he heard about me. I go up there and film and I love it and go down south and film it. And I think right now I'm on a good track to just film for a lot of the gyms out here and a few of the uh, smaller fighters I know from these gyms. And I've hit them up and they've been down to, you know, film some things. They're UFC fighters. Mm. So it's really led to some good opportunity in the community. So that's pretty much how I got into that. And I still train a couple days a week. I love it. It's good. And I think that's I, I think that's really cool because that's that's a point too that I think is important for people to also realize whether you're in the film and photography field or just anything in general when it comes to uh, getting yourself out there and putting yourself out there especially with things that you enjoy doing I mean for example with me trying to get more into the automotive and car photography industry you know finding these meetup groups and these networking opportunities and going out there and putting yourself out there being like hey let me shoot this, you know, for free, giving someone else to like basically being like, let me show you what I can do. And then if things pursue, you know, then we can focus on the sales aspect and earning more money off of it. But having that initial like, hey, this is just something I want to do, but I don't know how to get into it. Just do it. And you just went out there and you found a place and you just asked simply, hey, like these are my services that I have to offer. Can you give it a shot? And you could have either been rejected or accepted and you were accepted and like, look where you got now. I think that's a very important 
point to to reflect back on for those who are watching this is that again going out of your comfort zone stepping out of that that box it gave you all of these opportunities that started laying themselves in front of each other one by one and especially with the word of mouth because it's not like you were going out there just spreading business cards you were actually doing the work that you said that your words were going to lead up to and the companies that you offered it to clearly more appreciative and you're going to spread your name out there from there. And I think that's important to also realize is that word of mouth is one of the biggest, I think, forms of being able to find more clients and generate more leads in a, in a business aspect when it comes to being a anybody, really. Um, so I think that's right, like trusted. You know, you hear, you know, you're not looking for reviews. You're hearing them from people you trust. You never hear something, at least very rarely, someone random doesn't just walk up to you and tell you, oh, you should look at this person. No, it's like you're talking to your friend, someone you trust about, hey, I need this. And somehow they knew or they have worked with you or whoever they're trying to talk about and they pass your name on and they'll trust that person's physical review about you and they'll just come and it works. I love it. I love the community. And that's how I feel about the people that I work for. None of them are clients. Yeah. I still talk to, I still talk to, I still hit everyone up every week that I've worked for and say, Hey, like, how's everything going? How are you? If you're thinking of something like soon, like, like let's get together, but just hoping you're safe in these hard times, like keep it up. And I just love that communal feeling that I don't want it to just be, hey, you know, you I hired you to do this and now we're never going to talk again. It's like, hey, like I love your business. Like I'll keep going. I've done a brewery down in San Clemente and they treat me like royalty down there. And I love every time going down there and they treat me with respect. I treat them for the opportunity. And it was just such a it, it's such a good relationship that I have with everyone that I've worked with. And, you know, I can't thank people you know, just who they are and who I am enough, you know. That's I was awesome. raised right. At least I hope so. <laughs> it sounds like it. It, it sure, it sure does. Um, so I guess when it comes to these opportunities, how did you fall into the play of the Danny Mullen crew and Nico, which shirt you're actually wearing? And I was going to ask you about them. Uh, Danny Mullen and uh, Leo, Leo Dot. What? So tell me a little bit about, first of all, like what this, this was a comedy, comedy stuff, film, film, short film, stuff like that. Right. So how it played out. So Danny Mullen, leader of the crew, is a YouTuber, a comedic writer, satirical, kind of anti-PC. Howard Stern is a good example. You know, he does his own comedy and he's great at it. And one night I was, it was like one of those nights, you know, it's the middle of the night. You can't sleep. You're on YouTube and a recommended pops up and you click on it. And it was, I ruined my high school reunion. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. And I watched this video and it's the funniest fucking thing I have ever seen. He goes in there and so well ruins his high school reunion by not even like, like everyone else ruined it for themselves. Yeah. He, didn't ruin it. he was just being so funny. And I go to his page and at the time, this was almost like two years ago or some change. And he only had 30,000 subscribers on YouTube. So I was like, oh shit. He's not that big. He's in LA. Let me see his Instagram. And I go to his Instagram and he only has like 2,500 followers. And I was like, oh, he'll definitely see my DM. Yeah. I DM him saying, hey, man, you know, I know you don't have a cameraman. If you ever need one, I'm an hour away. Like, let me know. 
And I didn't get a reply for about two weeks. And then in the middle of the night, he, and this is, I was still a bartender at a different restaurant at this time. And in the middle of the night, he was like, hey, man, I need you tomorrow. And I couldn't film. So I was like, ugh, my shot's over. I was like, hey, if you ever need me ever again, just let me know. A week later, I need you. I called out sick from my job and I go up there for free and film my very first video for him, smoking cigarettes on UCLA campus. And then pretty much he didn't know that I was a video guy. He thought he didn't want me to bring my camera. I don't think he saw that message. He, I used his crappy camera, this little holder handheld thing. And we just went around. I didn't know how to use his camera that well. I've never used a Canon in my life, especially yeah. like a, like one of the really like little first ones you buy. That's what I we know, had. Sorry, no, yeah. And then finally, like a couple weeks after that, he was like, "Oh, dude, I didn't know this was your stuff. Like, come up again." And from then on, it was between me and this other videographer. And to be honest, that other videographer had better equipment, arguably a better cinematographer than me. His stuff was great, but he kind of lost his mind, kind of got into drugs, into gambling, sold his equipment and all this stuff went bad. So then I remember when that happened, Danny called me up and he was like, Hey man, like, do you want to like do this with me? And I was like, what? He's like, be my full-time video man. And I was like, yeah, like I would love to. And then ever since June, not of last year, but the year before that, I've been his full-time cameraman every weekend for about five months. We go up and then we have like a month off. But pretty much from a DM, and he's a comedic YouTuber. He does little satirical things, whatever. If you want to check him out, do. You know, I don't know who your audience is, but still check him out. He has some good, funny stuff. He's a great guy behind, like, off the camera. And that's pretty much how it came to be. And it's, you know, it's fun. It's stressful. It's still work. But the amount of experiences that I've been through with him, like, we were cross-dressing in Virginia in like with like <laughs> in front of racist people they didn't care we've done just we have a series called worst town in america where we go to the worst towns and we show you why they're the worst towns in america like the problems with it we've gone gosh to austin dallas san fran santa monica we've gone everywhere i'm just he's such a creative guy and he writes all the stuff i'm just there to film get the angles and whatnot make sure we get the footage but it's fun. He's funny. I love it. And now we're at 451,000 subscribers. Damn. Well, first of all, congratulations. That's, I'm sure, you know, it's obviously a team effort. Um, but so that's, that's really cool actually hearing just within today's podcast, kind of your two different perspectives you have with these people that you've worked with one that you get to involve yourself a lot more on your creative aspect and have full range and another one where you are literally just the cameraman where you leave all the creativity is left up to the other person I think that's so cool like the also different avenues that you've been able to find with it between, you know, the fashion world and jujitsu and your natural roots with that, as well as going into comedy and more YouTube focused, like full length, actual videos instead of promo and marketing. I think that's really cool seeing the diversity. What out of the kind of the pies that you have your fingers in, would you say is your, 
more favorite. I don't want to use that word favorite, but that's the only thing that comes to mind right now. What What would you say is your more preferred uh, a choice of what you are going to film? I guess. What do you like filming? You know, I'm pussy with this answer, <laughs> and I'm gonna say I love all of them, but they all come with different stresses. Mm-hmm. Because Danny filming him, it's I get. It's not like when I film for. Uh, sometimes the jujitsu, depending on if I'm filming live rolling, but pretty much every other thing I film has been set up. So it's like, hey, let's retake that. You know, yeah. stay there, pose like that. If I if I fuck up that shot, hey, let's redo it again. You know, yeah, I'm in control. But with Danny, it's the most stressful job in the world because I only get one chance. If he's doing something and. I don't pay attention to it because I'm paying attention to something that's going on over here or whatnot, and I miss it, it's lost forever. I We don't get that retake. I miss it. I'm in trouble. I could lose my job. I don't know. It has yet to happen. Rock on wood. But I'm so stressed out on his shoots because uh, just I'm thinking of everything that can go wrong. So I enjoy his shoots a lot because I get to travel and have fun. And it's a full experience of meeting people and being with the crew members. We're all friends. We started out as like filmers, film buddies, but we're all good friends. And I would say I I want to get back to him. And Danny, if you ever see this or any of the fucking fans see this, I'm not saying I don't like filming for Danny, but I'm saying it's a lot less stressful doing my own filming stuff <laughs> when I get to set up the shots. Okay, <laughs> Filming with Danny is so much fun, but it's stressful. Filming my own creations is so much fun, but it's not stressful because I can redo a shot at any moment. And even if the files get corrupted, which I <clears> have yet <throat> to happen only a few times, I can just still hopefully call up everyone because everyone's local that we use and say, hey, let's get together this weekend and redo everything. And I for sure know they would never have a problem. So I would say there's differences, but I like it all equally. As long as I'm getting to create, be behind the camera, be part of something, get to witness someone. Like I would say I like Danny because just like Vince, I have watched someone come from nothing into something they have pursued their dream with side gigs and have turned their stuff relatively into their main gig and they're able to pay other people to help them with their ideas and that's a huge inspiration to me it's like well you know if you ever think you know i'm never going to be big you know holding the camera well look at these people who thought they would never be big making a clothing company making a youtube comedy show you know they did it and they put in years of work too. It's not like an over, everyone thinks it's an overnight thing. That's what this I podcast is for to show that it's not. That's some no, I, said that. I thought it was always like an overnight thing. Like I always thought like right now I should be a millionaire. I always thought, Oh shit, I'm 25 and I'm not a millionaire. I'm a fucking failure. And then I've talked to Vince about it. I've talked to Danny and they calm my nerves. They're like, Nico, do you know how hard I'm saying we, but I and separately, how, how hard I have worked from nothing to this people making fun of me being laughed at people, not believing in me. Cause like Danny's parents at a certain point, they were like, not about it. Cause he's a UCLA grad. He's a smart kid comes from a very, very smart family. But he took, he wanted to pursue his dream and he got his degree, did everything too. 
But he was like, nah, like I'm going to do my dream. I got this for you guys and I'm going to pursue this. And he has done it. And same with Vince. And I, you say you're supporting yourself off of it. You've done it. It's that getting there. It, it takes time, dedication, and I don't know. And a lot of people think too much. Like they're thinking about next year and not focusing on today. They're like, well, next year I got to be doing this. Well, you're not going to be able to do that next year if your mind's clouded with that and you're not focusing on right now and the next day and the next day. You got to really just focus. Obviously, the six year plans, those are good. You know, little like headers. But you really got to focus on your hard work right now and just getting out there for that next year to really make sense to you and not feel as stressed out, I think. This, this is wonderful. I mean, that, that's that's the, the most summed up my, like way that I this is this is my podcast. This is the, that's that's why I have this podcast. This is why I have those mindsets. This is why I've almost at 100 episode 100 by next month is because of that exact reason. And that makes me so, so happy that that's every everything you said, I've said before. And I think it's awesome because it's the truth. I think too many people are blinded by the sight of, of fame and this end goal and don't see the actual struggle and pursuit people go through to get to that point. And that's why I love Neon Talk because it gives people who have and who are going through it a platform to tell that story and inspire others to be like, hey, it's it's I'm only here because of this. And that's why I love Neon Talk. That's why that's whew, yes, I love it so much. Um I, I think that's absolutely beautiful. And I think that they couldn't have been a better way to kind of start wrapping up the end of this episode too. Cause that's kind of where I run out of questions at the moment. I mean, I definitely want to uh to get more into to more neon black stuff and more stuff in general, but um, I think we'll have to wait a little bit more until you're actually doing more into the world since of COVID. At least things are kind of picking back up now. But um, before we officially sign off here, I do want you to leave everybody with one piece of advice. One piece of advice? Yeah, you can structure it towards any way that you want to go. But I mean, it might be a run-on sentence if that's one piece of advice. That is fine with me. But you know, we're only here once as, as much as we know. And you, every day, everyone watches someone who has completed their dream. And you only get this one chance to do it. So I just say, you know, just do it. Like, it's so easy to say it, but you know, I've struggled. I'm still struggling sometimes, but to make that dream happen rarely happens. And if you can make your dream happen, you'll be happy for life. Money won't, you don't have to make a lot of money doing your dream, but as long as you reach your goals and reach your dream, you for sure will be happy. But it just takes, like she said, getting out there. And as my man from Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful says, perfection cuts profits. Just go out there and do it. That's it. Just go out there. 
100%. I couldn't have said it better myself. Just do it. It definitely, as you said, it definitely is a struggle. It definitely is not easy, but there's no other way to start getting towards that goal other than just doing it and getting off your butt and starting. And couldn't have, couldn't have said it better myself, man. You've taken so many words right out of right out of my mind, repeated so many neon talk, um, at testimonials and everything. I absolutely love it. I appreciate it so much, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Paige. I appreciate it from the whole Neon Black family. Seriously, you guys have supported me too, and we've gotten plenty of views, and really my confidence comes from the entire Neon Black Brigade. Like, I can't deny that enough. The first videos that we've ever made, and Vince telling me all the comments and how everyone's so supportive, I would not be where I am today without the support of the Neon Black family. No. To be honest with you, 100%. And anyone that I know who has worked with us can attest to that. We, I would not be here at all. I think that's absolutely beautiful. And I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more on my end too, man. So, I mean, Neon Black fam for life, for sure. Thank you again so, so much. I've had so much fun talking to you. Definitely excited. Maybe one of these days we'll actually get to, maybe we can collaborate in person, face to face. You never know. We'll start, I'll start traveling again. Uh, Well, I guess again in general and more soon here too. But uh, thanks again for coming on and doing an episode of Neon Talk with me. I'm sure we'll talk in a few months. Sam, you enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, uh, Let me plug something real quick. Hey, everybody, go check out Danny Mullen. It's a big part of mine, too. He's a funny guy. He's amazing. The whole crew, I guarantee you guys will laugh. Check out me, Nico Villacrestis, on Instagram and keep keep up your support with the Neon Black. Keep up your support. They're going to be a huge, I don't know if that's the word conglomerate, they're going to be huge. Not just clothing, they're going to be in everything. So just keep it up, guys. I love it. Thank you so much, Nico. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Hey, thank you, Paige. And I hope you do too. I know it's late on your end, so get some sleep. (laughs) All right, I will. Bye, hon.